The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's good to be with you again. Oh, my goodness. Here we are. In um, late October, almost early November, and I have come to the microphone several times and then had to walk away um, because it was not yet time. Um, I'm in my little closet studio, and pardon the background noise, if you hear a cat purring, (laughs) that's Aurora. She's one of my 13-year-old kitties, and she's... um, She's got some health issues at the moment, and she's very clingy, so she's here in the closet with me, purring up a storm. Uh, I'll put a picture of her on the show notes. So there's been so much going on in the within myself and in the outer world, and probably with you too. Um, And I wanted to talk about some of the themes that we're feeling right now. You know, there is. There is a sense of, at least from what I'm experiencing, definitely outer chaos, but then also this rhythm of learning to function in that chaos. Um, so what I observe and what I feel is that we're, we're keeping the rhythms that we can um, and the habits that still serve us, maybe some habits that don't serve us, old habits that we're still um, inhabiting. Um, I find myself recently, as I'm I'm eating differently and I'm exercising um, and I'm gaining energy, old stories are falling away. Like, I didn't have the energy to go up and down stairs frequently during the day, and so I just wouldn't. And if I wanted to do something that was upstairs, I would just say, well, I I'm, I can't do that right now. And I realized that's just kind of a lie now. I, I can go up and down. Um, and that's an adjustment. And little things like that I'm finding are um, our old stories in my head. Similarly, I used to be able to go to the, the coffee shop and work couple of times a week during the day. And I could probably still do that, but it's not the same. You know, just not the same. It's not the same. 
everything is different. And adjusting to that is a task on top of individual and collective trauma about what we've been through the last couple of years. Everybody's sick of talking about it and hearing about it, but it's essential. It's essential that we do and that we face it head on and that we we talk about what we've been through and how we're coping. Um, so, you know, against that backdrop, some of the other things that are happening are the all the energy has shifted. Things are, as I would say, up-leveling. People are waking up to, oh my goodness, this was not, life was not what I thought it was, and life is now no longer what it used to be, and who am I now? Who am I now? And it's different every day. This question, who am I now, has created a lot of internal chaos and disorientation. Um, I liken it to the, the, the journey with grief because it has a lot of similarities. We're definitely experiencing grief for what has passed that we weren't willing to let go of. We had no idea it was coming and suddenly it's gone. And that is as traumatic as losing a loved one or being in a, a country affected by war and there are things going on outside of outside that you have no control over. That sense of loss of control and the loss of things that were important to you um, cannot be swept under the rug. Um, I know college students who are definitely grappling with that as um, as their world was turned upside down a year and a half ago, and some have not recovered from that. Um, I'm seeing that firsthand. Some people are adapting, others are moving on and making different choices. Um, and yet our need to to reckon with these things and integrate these things is important. So for me, the analogy of losing a loved one is very similar. I'm feeling the same kinds of energies here that I felt when my parents passed or other loved ones passed. Um, and I use two analogies. One is you're suddenly on a train and you can't get off, right? You are just, you're stuck on this train. It's going somewhere. You don't know where. And for better or for worse, it's just here you are. The other analogy is stepping through a doorway into a foreign country. And if you've ever traveled extensively or decided to move to a different country, the need for adaptation and flexibility and curiosity is high and the need for um, being able to set aside your preferences and your old way of being is set aside. It's internalized, but you cannot do the same daily life that you did in the other country. So here you are in a new environment, and even though you may have read about it, studied about it, visited it, it before, it's a whole new way of being, and you can't go back. Here you are. You are in a different language, a different culture, a different sense of time, a different dimension. We are all in a different dimension. And 
we can be excused for occasionally, you know, checking out. I've done a lot of checking out, but I've also done a lot of getting present and changing and adapting. And so here's what I'm learning. It requires of us, if we're going to adapt, a great deal of tenderness and gentleness with ourselves. Not something a lot of us are very good at, but it's important. The first thing is being gentle with yourself, as you would a baby, as you would a toddler. You don't expect a toddler to know everything about the world around them. And so that sense of patience and tenderness with yourself as you adapt is really important and with others. The more you're able to extend that to yourself, you can extend that to others. Um, And maybe vice versa. Maybe as you observe other people adapting well, you can learn from that example. Or as you see, you need to extend grace and patience to others, it'll be easier to do so with yourself. I am not a big proponent of you have to love yourself to love others, or you can love others without loving yourself. I feel like it's a it's a multidimensional situation where, yes, you can learn love by giving and serving, but you can't always do so from an empty container, an empty vessel. You really have to have some source to fill yourself and to love yourself and care for yourself in order to effectively care for others and do so on an ongoing basis. It's a reciprocal relationship. So learn from others, but also give to yourself and give through what you learn about yourself. So that sort of gentleness and self-care is essential. The other thing I've noticed is that part of the chaos comes from certainly this disorientation within ourselves of what's going on around us. Do we know what the situation is today and is it going to change and can we rely on this? So many questions and us trying to keep our footing in the midst of this and understand what's happening around us in this foreign land we're in. And um, energetically, um, there are things going on inside of us that impact what we see going on in the outside world. Um, The other day, one of the people I follow, his name is Lee Harris, he posted on YouTube this update. Your soul self is aware of everything, is connected to everything, and is able to see perceive and feel everything all at once. He goes on to say, but of course, our human body and our human consciousness is not able to perceive all of that. So there's so much going on in the background, in our soul, in everybody's consciousness. There's so much going on in the background that our humanity can't quite process all of it. And so they're acting out, and you're acting out, and we're feeling off balance because there's almost more than our humanity can process. 
So I think that's it's useful to keep that in mind, that it's magnified by the fact that we are all connected to each other and we're all experiencing it together. And that whatever is coming through us is larger than us and to try to put that in some context. Okay, so my third piece is nebulous. So I'm just going to have to talk my way through this. I've seen people I know, creatives I know, pivot well. They are doing art where they would have been teaching beforehand. They're um, teaching on Zoom where they would have been doing in person before. That's fairly standard. But I've seen people get um, curious about what is available and be flexible. And that flexibility is, is just, oh my goodness, it's so important right now. Because if you're fixed, if you are truly dedicated to the way life used to be and how it was in the old country back to that metaphor, life is going to be so uncomfortable and even more so than it is, it's going to scratch like a a, a wool sweater. <laughs> it's going to scratch like an uncomfortable sweater because you're fighting what is. Um, so this flexibility and this adaptability and this softness that one can cultivate in on the inside. There's so many pieces here. It's a flexibility. It's a grace. We're going back to that self-care, like all of this is wrapped up in your ability to cope. So, and I say all that to say, um, Part of that coping is finding new ways of expressing who you are and giving and being. And and finding that takes time. So all of the, you know, back to the metaphor of the new country, all of us are in this new country. We don't know what's going on. And we don't know how, who we are fits in the grand scheme of things. What do I have to offer? What do people want? How do my skills fit into this new context? So there are a lot of people scrambling, lost, and at, at loose ends about how to be, how to give, how to serve, or just how to do their life in a new context. So all of this searching and outer chaos definitely has left us disoriented. And it's this sense of disorientation that I feel is the, is the primary thing I'm seeing, the primary sense of frustration, or the primary source of discomfort. So that's all very nebulous, but it, it manifests in suddenly you don't know what to do with your life. It manifests in the great resignation. It manifests in um, people being rude and short-tempered, 
quitting their jobs, looking for a different job. Um, a, a lot of light workers are suddenly their mission feels defunct, no longer valid. And I don't think that's real, but I think the way that we have imagined it in the past is gone. So from a career and service perspective, if you're a creative, an artist, a light worker, a healer, um, like me, where do we go? What do we do? If you feel into what has been, it's dead. And that's really mind-blowing, right? Because a lot of the things you thought were sure in your life are gone. The women's sanctuary is, is certainly not dead, but it has morphed into something that I'm not quite sure what it is. And for me, my lifeline is the podcast where I can connect with you, we can think about and work with what's up and not feel so alone. Um, and I share whatever wisdom and guidance and learnings I have. Um, and I hope that you'll do the same with me and with each other and take some encouragement from that. So what do I have? I have these things that I've shared with you today. Um, but I also realized I haven't shared what's really been up for me in the last few months. Um, so I felt, I can't exactly tell you what the impetus was, except that just something inside of me said it was time. And I listened. I listened to that. So I took a leap of faith, and I contacted a woman who's an intuitive, who does um, what, I would, what I think would be called a long-distance kinesiology reading via dousing, I think via a pendulum. And what she did was she um, took the list of foods that would be typical of a, um, a food allergy test with a whole bunch of other things. And what I expected was, oh, a few things, maybe you, you know, validation of the things I don't eat, a few things you shouldn't eat, try these supplements. What I got was an hour and a half reading across the spectrum of foods. And then she asked my body what it needed. And I got these certain herbs that she suggested I make into a tea, these other tinctures. And um, it was extraordinary. And what I took from that was this woman had no vested interest in what I did or didn't eat. She doesn't even really care if I do it. But I employed her, I engaged her to give me this information. And as clear as the channel as she was, she gave me back what she heard from my body. Um, but I was ready. I was ready to make some changes. I had already been feeling some things for months that I knew would be good for me to give up, and it, I just hadn't had the guts to do it. So, you know, when your body says give up coffee, give up pork, give up beef, give up any factory farmed animals, you know, your brain goes, my brain went into overdrive going, um, okay, that's a lovely idea, but I don't think that's possible. I just didn't believe it was possible, but I'd been hearing it for months. So in the reading, 
I had told her nothing really about me. And she she confirmed all the things I was already abstaining from that my body didn't want, which was soy and gluten and dairy. And then she said, yeah, you know, basically what she was telling me was all the things that create an inflammation response in my body. She said, your body doesn't want beef or pork, um, but it does want fish and chicken and any sort of game bird. And, you know, I'm not suggesting you do any of this. This was purely my own personal process and whatever my body wanted. Um, And then she gave me a whole list of fruits and vegetables my body did not want and the ones it did want. Um, And then this, these herbs that she suggested I make a tea with and the supplements. So I I come away with this list. I'm like, am I going to do this? Is this really, you know, kind of, it's kind of off the wall. Um, it's kind of out there, and it's a tall order, a very tall order for me to change my, my eating habits again so thoroughly. And of course, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. I live in a house with a partner and other adults and adult children, and it impacts everybody. So I started slowly. I ordered some of the herbs, you know, some of the things like I was totally fine with. And I just took the leap of faith. I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I can eat chicken. I can eat fish. Never been big on fish, but I can learn, and it's easy to come by. And I feel good about that. And, you know, we'll buy some organic chicken and see if we can, you know, shift our shift our budget so that the healthy foods that my body wants, I can do. In addition... We had a workout machine, a fairly old one that had been sitting in pieces in the garage for years, literally years. And we hadn't gotten rid of it because we really did feel like at some point if we could set it up, we would use it. And finally, the, the, all the little pieces of the puzzle in the garage worked so that we could actually set it up. And I started working out. And believe me when I tell you, I am not a person that works out. Like the whole athletic exercise thing completely skipped my my home life. <laughs> my parents didn't exercise. My siblings didn't exercise. I had one sister who did gymnastics in college. And I took a running class in college and I hated it. <laughs> okay? Like nothing. I, I, I would occasionally do yoga and I love yoga, but it had to be the slow you know, rejuvenation hatha yoga. So it was totally not my speed. But my partner had this machine. He knew how to use it. And he knew how to introduce it to me slowly. So all of this happened in late July, early August. And I'm freaking loving it. I, I haven't looked back. If anybody can lift weights, if I can, if I can lift weights, anybody can lift weights. Because I was not wanting it. I wasn't looking for it, but my body was wanting it. So I did it. I'm not doing um, big weights. Um, so this machine we're using is a is a Bowflex. So it has like these um, plastic rods that 
create the tension of the weights, but I do have um, some small dumbbells for my bicep curls. And I'm doing like 17 pounds per arm. Like I definitely had to work up to that, but um, it's not big. And, And I'm only, what, two or three months in. But I recently went out of town for the weekend and I was like, I have to, I don't want to miss my workout. So I found a gym I could get a day pass at. And I had never been, I had never worked out in a gym. But I found my machines. I did my stuff. I did my reps. Took about an hour and I was done. All of that takes courage and stepping outside your comfort zone. And believe me, we're all outside our comfort zone now. So I just went with it. I just kept that level of discomfort up and made the changes that were waiting to happen. I'll also say you can't force this. If you're not ready, you're not ready. And if you're not ready for any of this, then don't do it because that type of comparison and self-judgment will only slow you down, harm you, hurt you. It just, it won't work for you if you're like, well, I guess I ought to do it. No, if, if your body is calling you to some change, if it's to drinking water instead of soda, if it's switching to non-dairy milk instead of regular milk, it, whatever, if it's like just add a salad a week, right? Or just drink extra water, whatever your body wants, play with it and see if you can listen to it with that gentleness, that curiosity, and find out if that's something you can do, if that's a change you can make. I also wanted to add this. After a couple of months of this new way of eating, um, things were going really well. I then got the blood test for all those same foods, and I used Everly Well. And I have, um, I'll put the link in the show notes. And it was really interesting. When the results came back, um, I'd say 75% of it uh, was validated from what the intuitive had told me. There were just a few. A few things which are interesting. Um, A couple of the meats that she said I shouldn't eat showed no reactivity on my blood test. And then she said um, there were a couple of of fruits that she recommended I not eat which showed no reactivity. Um, So then I get to make a new choice, right? Do I want to experiment with those and see how my body does with them or continue not eating them? And I've actually really enjoyed all that information because then I can really tune into my body and discover how I feel with some of those those things. Um, And the things that I've chosen to continue to not eat have really made a difference in my health and how I feel and my level of energy and, you know, like my ability to focus and all sorts of things. So I will link to Everly Well. And then um, I might have, I may have some other resources in the show notes for you. Oh, I know what it was. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm still eating meat because some types of meat my body wants. Um, but I'm, 
not there, meaning I'm not a vegan yet, um, and I may never be, but I'm getting it as clean as my body wants it to be. What I'm going to link in the show notes is Magenta Pixie's book about um, channeled material about um, about this topic of what what you would eat to be of the highest vibration. It has been very frustrating to not have my usual things I do make any sense anymore. Like I'm not doing in-person temples for women. I could be. I mean, there are people who are meeting for yoga, but it just doesn't feel right anymore. And it may feel, it may come back at some point. So who knows? We'll see. For now, it's you and me here on the podcast. And we're just figuring this stuff out as we go. So what else did I want to say? Um, I think that's it. There's so much I could say, but it really boils down to some gentleness and self-care for yourself and extending that grace to others. Um, okay, I have one more little soapbox piece, and then I have a practice. So um, Kristen Neff is a self-compassion researcher in Houston who I found out about through Brene Brown. And, you know, one of her very basic practices is putting your hands over your heart and just feeling the weight of your hands on your heart. And if you'll, I'm doing that right now, if you'll do that with me. Take a breath. And she says that your body doesn't know the difference between your hands on yourself or someone else's hands. Now, of course, you can feel, the nerves in your hands can feel what's going on. But simply giving yourself a hug or putting your hands over your heart calms your body as if someone else was doing it for you. So I do this a lot. When I need reassurance, when I need to just feel my own self, I will put my hands over my heart I will put my hands on my arms and hug myself, and it helps. It helps. Please remember that this culture we're in, globally, locally, everywhere, is highly focused on division and this camp and that camp. And while it's becoming very obvious how people are different and the different choices they're making, I'll say this. It is very unhealthy for any of us to be that focused on division. We are all humans. We are all spirits in a human body. We are all connected. And we are all bound together by love and life. 
So wherever you can find grace and compassion for your choices and for the choices of others and inhabit respect and love, however you can come to that, it is worth it. It is worth it. And even if those around you don't seem to be having some grace and compassion for where you are, you are always in control of your choices. And you can honor your choices, your boundaries, and honor your ability to be loving and compassionate without judgment, no matter what. You are capable of that. I am capable of that. And there are some of us who have come into the world, it's written in our birth chart, this sense of being open and non-judgmental in some ways. I have a bit of that. And I'm fine-tuning that ability into the world at large, like like really holding my loved ones and my colleagues in such tenderness and high regard that I respect their choices because I want to be respected for mine. So I offer that wherever you can find compassion for others and respect and overcome that desire and the all the voices that are saying you know they're different than than us and they're making bad choices i'm hearing that everywhere so from my heart to yours see if you can open your heart a little more and let the love flow through for everyone, just as you would a toddler who's learning how to navigate a world they're unfamiliar with. I'm sending you so much love and grace and compassion and openness and acceptance. I pray that you feel it and receive it and uh, connect with it in yourself find your own self-compassion and spread it wherever you go. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I have a couple of guests in the work, so I'll be back soon with some really beautiful, inspiring conversations. Take care. This has been Arlia Hoffman for the Women's Sanctuary. I'll see you again soon. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, 
and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.